What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today, preseason week one. We are giving you some winners and losers, and believe it or not, I think there's really a lot to talk about. Antonio Gibson had six fumbles in 2021. And he already fumbled in the preseason, and then he was playing with the backups a little bit. So we got to talk about the Washington backfield. What did we see out of the Chiefs backfield? Holy cow! Damian Pierce, what a debut for Damian Pierce. And if you watch the Eagles opening drive against the Jets, you are taking Jalen Hurts in round one. So uh, let's talk about it right now. Let's sort it out. Uh, I listened back to our preseason week one recap last year. I'll tell you just a little bit who we talked about as winners and losers. Uh, but uh, it was a lot of fun, and Dave took in a couple of games over the weekend as well. So, yeah, you know what? Let's just – oh, I got a hey, hey real quick segment here. Ready? We'll just rapid fire with this to start. Hey, real yeah. quick, Antonio Gibson or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Clyde. It's still Gibson for me, but Gibson's now closer to that, like he, – he is the dead zone RB for sure. He's – I don't even know if he's a top 24 running back anymore. Okay. Hey, hey, real quick. Saquon Barkley or DeAndre Swift? Swift. Swift. Okay. I only bring it up because Jamal Williams quite involved on that opening drive. That's okay. I'm not surprised. Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hurts was, was wow. Uh, and finally, hey, real quick. Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs? Oh, Dobbs. I'm drafting Dobbs right now. So we are, yeah, it is now Dobbs, just so everybody knows that he's Dobbs, Dobbs, Lil Romeo. <laughs> he had a great debut. He did have a drop, but he also mm, had uh, Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a great debut. It was a it was a solid debut. It was a great debut with the quarterback he was playing with. Imagine when he yeah. gets his real quarterback. That's really the debut. truth. 
Romeo Dobbs for the Green Bay Packers had three yeah. catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. He did have seven targets, and like I said, he did have a drop. Uh, I will say last year when we did this show, and, and I'm not saying we were wrong or anything like that, just you're fishing a little bit in preseason week one. The winners that we <laughs> we talked about right out of the gate were three rookie wide receivers. Amandra St. Brown, Rondale Moore, and oh, another rookie wide receiver. I can't remember who it was. You didn't uh, write it down? No. It was, nope. Chase? Could no. have been Chase. Keep, um. It wasn't Devontae Smith. It wasn't Jalen Waddle. Oh, t- oh, Terrace Marshall. He, Terrace Marshall had a very good preseason. I was pretty yeah, excited about it. Sure, yeah, yeah. So just to keep things in perspective. Um, but I think what, what were you guys what were you guys looking for? Uh Dave, what what are you looking for? What storylines actually matter in preseason week one? So the, the, I'm looking to see, especially, there's a lot of things. Let's start with the rookies. I want to see if the traits that they displayed in college transferred over into the pros. So, for example, Garrett Wilson. My favorite thing about Garrett Wilson was the way that he ran routes. His footwork was elite. It was NFL ready. I sit down. I watched the Jets game. Didn't matter which quarterback he was playing with. He was getting open. Uh, and I was really encouraged by Garrett Wilson's play. I don't have an example of a rookie that didn't show something that he did in college, at least not yet. I haven't gone through all the games, but that's one of the things I'm looking for. I'm also looking for schematic things with the offense. Atlanta ran a play. uh, I think it was either late in the second quarter or in the second half. That was very fun where the quarterback kind of fakes the RPO one way, turns around and throws a tunnel screen the other way. Uh, It was a play with backups. Desmond Ritter was the quarterback, but that's something that I could eventually see um, them running with the first team and a player like Cordero Patterson or Drake London, especially Drake London, um, making a big play with because he's he's open, he catches the ball, and he's got blockers in front of him after misdirecting the defense. And I also like getting reacclimated with players that maybe we haven't seen in a while. Travis Etienne, an example of that, his speed was undeniable. His size kind of reminded me up. Oh, this, this is something that you got to think about a little bit with him. He's just very lean. And Mariota, when's the last time we saw him play regularly? And I thought he acquitted himself well uh, in his debut, re-date, well, it's his debut with the Falcons. Those are some of the things I'm looking for when I watch a preseason game. I'm not um, necessarily studying defenses. I am looking at offensive lines, but a lot of the offensive lines had a mix of first and second team players at this point. Um, that, that's where I start with it. I just want to say one thing about Mariota, for those of you in two quarterback leagues, for however long he has that job. Just looking at his 17-game pace from 2016 to 2019, removing games that he left early. There were some of those. He's going to run for 400 yards. Yes. So that's not insignificant. He'll get you some I don't think weight. he's... Has he had a year where he's run for over 400 yards? I know he's no, had like over 300 I don't, a bunch of times. I don't think so, but I'm giving you his 17-game pace. Okay. So he's obviously never had a 17-game season where he's been the starting quarterback, but yeah. the most I've seen him... I think 357 is his career high, but he's been on pace for more than 400 yards in several seasons, so... Oaktown three five seven straight at you. Oh, I thought of a rookie that disappointed a little. Brees Hall. What? I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him a pass because he was playing against the Eagles and the Eagles played a lot of their starters and their rookie Jordan Davis looks like two and a half men out there on the field, but he did not get off to a great start and didn't really have a chance to show much speed. I didn't think Ken Walker showed much speed either. I want to see what you guys think no, about that. No, Walker was another disappointment. Uh, that's okay. He's not necessarily a, you know, I mean, he's a he's a sturdy guy. Take so. advantage of it. He won Maybe. before There's the game dip. started, with, before, with Rashad Penny already hurt. 
That's true. Um, that is true. But I'll just give you uh, later on. I'll give you a reason. Well, I'll give it to you right now. Why Ken Walker may have lost. I don't know if you noticed, but Travis Homer was absolutely the yes, third down back, and he was mm-hmm. absolutely the two minute back. And mm-hmm. Jamie, when they said we have faith in Ken Walker to play all three downs, based on based on what we saw, you know, and that's probably more important than what Pete Carroll said. They did not have any faith in Ken Walker to play all three downs. Travis Homer was used in that situation. So um, I don't know. I thought that was interesting, Jamie. Yeah, I think I'm just out on Seattle's backfield. It's going to be a bad offense. It's going to be a, a, a Walker will be usable, I think, when Penny's not there. When Penny's there, I think they're both just going to be a pain in the butt. Would it be a surprise if Walker was good toward the end of the year? If Penny is not there, yes. If Penny is there, then no. I don't think that either one will be trustworthy. Yeah. I think if you draft Walker, you just have to make the commitment to keep him all year. And there might be some people that don't want to do that with picks in the back half of their draft. Our draft-a-thon is August 31st, 6 p.m. Eastern until midnight Eastern. The first two hours of our draft-a-thon are on CBS Sports HQ. And then from 8 until midnight, we are live on YouTube.com slash today. So what is the draft-a-thon? Well, it's a big benefit we do to, to raise money for St. Jude to help you with your drafts. Again, it's going to be August 31st, and you'll you'll tune in. You'll in, enjoy the show. Uh, one thing I'd like to do is maybe get a live draft going during the show where we can have an audience team and let the audience vote on who to pick and see how that goes. So I want to get you guys and girls involved. But we're going to have so many guests, dozens, eh, a couple dozen maybe guests throughout the night, um, the best in the industry, we're going to play games. We're going to do trivia. We're going to rank football players. We're going to rank crazy things like Arnold movies, all the things that you love from this show. Uh, and, of course, we're going to donate a lot of money, raise a lot of money for St. Jude. And right now, if you're watching at youtube.com slash today, look at the chat and hit that donate button on top. We want to get to 10000 just via our YouTube audience, and we'll get there. So please donate to St. Jude. And if you're listening, there is a link to the eBay store in the episode description. We'll see if we can throw that in the YouTube chat as well. You can bid on things like a spot in the podcast league, a spot on this ep- on uh, Fantasy Football Today, the podcast, uh, pre-draft calls with our analysts, so many things. Check it out on eBay. There's a link in the episode description. I also want to tell you about Fantasy Football Today in 5. New host, new content. Chris Towers is now hosting FFT in 5. And, you know, we used to have the content kind of mirror this flagship show. We don't do that anymore. So if you have an extra five, six minutes every morning or whenever, and you want to hear some other content about fantasy football today, about fantasy football rather, check out Fantasy Football Today in five. We'll go to our winners and losers, and we'll start with our tweet of the day from just some dude named Sean on Twitter. Quote, Dan Mullen should be in jail. And that is basically a little harsh, but that was reaction, Jamie, Florida Gators man. And also Thomas Schaefer, our new producer, is a Florida Gator. To Dan Mullen not using Damian Pierce enough, because Damian Pierce was one of the headliners, Jamie, a big-time winner. I don't know if Dan Mullen should be in jail, but there, I guess there's a reason he's not coaching the Gators, and perhaps some of that is he didn't use Damian Pierce enough, and Damian Pierce might run away with that job. What do you think? I mean, we're going to find out if Lovey Smith should probably follow suit, right? Because if Lovey Smith doesn't do the same thing also, uh, John McClain, who no longer covers the Texans, but he's still involved, around that team, uh, he almost said the exact same thing on Twitter this weekend, that if if uh, Damian Pierce isn't the starter for week one, the Texans aren't doing the right thing with the roster. And so, you know, 9.8 yards per carry. Uh, you know, you saw the explosiveness on the 20-yard run. Only one target, so you have to see what he's going to be doing in the passing game. But in the limited role last year at Florida, 
he had 19 catches. And so, you know, we typically say 25 catches for, you know, a, a college running back is, is what you kind of look for. And so he was, you know, certainly on pace for that. So I, I think the upside is evident, you know, for me right now, he's the second rookie running back that should be drafted uh, ahead of James Cook, ahead of Ken Walker. Um, it's easy to look at him and say he's got flex appeal going into the season, number two running back at points during the season if things work out his way. Now, again, he played behind Marlon Mack. Rex Burkhead did not play. And so we'll see what happens there just in terms of what they do at their depth chart. But he should be the clear-cut guy, and I don't think it's going to be close. They were playing against Saints backups. Uh, so that it is something – I'm sorry if you said that. Uh, something to keep in mind. I just want to see – when was that? That was a Friday game or a Sat- that was a Saturday game? Saturday game. I wonder if we had any drafts on NFC yesterday. I'm sure we did. We had 16 drafts. Let's see where Pierce went. Oh, he's st- he I went- was actually pretty surprised. So our, our ADP on CBS is starting to look like what drafts should look like. Um, so I guess a lot of you doing mock drafts, which is cool, and, and some of your real drafts, obviously, as well. It's like when you mentioned Jalen Hurts uh, before. He's our sixth quarterback right now, which I think is pretty cool because you know he's not reflective of that in Fantasy Pros or NFC, I think. Um, Damian Pierce, I was looking to see what number running back he is because he's still going around pick 100, but he was around like the 36th running back, which is not so far off, I think, from where... He should go. I have him in, in the 20s, but um, I still think you look at it. The fact that he wasn't like in the 40s is kind of telling. And the fact that he is, you know, ahead of I, I don't remember all the guys, but he's ahead of uh, a, a decent list of running backs that, you know, you may have considered drafting ahead of him. But um, he's going to be a, a huge riser, a huge winner from this weekend. Hopefully things just continue to build for him in, in the uh, preseason. And, you know, you for nothing but, you know, glowing reports out of Texans camp. So it's it's pretty good to see once he gets on the field that it showed off. Are you scared by the fact that he's on the Texans and that this is an offense that isn't expected to put up a ton of points? Uh, I mean, again, I'm not drafting him, nor should anybody be drafting him to expect going in to be an elite level fantasy option. But I do think that if he gets the volume, this Texans offense, I think is going to surprise people. First off, I think, you know, people think of Davis Mills as just an afterthought because of where he was drafted. No, no, uh, our guy, Pete Prisco, Loved him and liked him better than Mac Jones, for example, uh, going into the draft process. He had the knee injury at Stanford, you know, that kept him off the field. And so had he played, and we talked about this, I think, you know, with the quarterbacks in this class, had he come out this year healthy, he might have been the best quarterback in the class. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there, there there were signs last year of what this offense could be. You know, I like Brandon Cooks. I know we all, all do. Uh, I like Nico Collins. I know we all do. Um, you know, there there's there's there, there's players here. And I think there, there's enough of an opportunity for Damian Pierce to, like I said, start the season as a flex for you, be a potential number two running back, as long as Marlon Mack and, and Rex Burkett are out of the way. The concern would be what he's going to do in the passing game because Rex Burkett could have that role. All right, I'm going to tell you on NFC, which again is the high-stakes leagues, more high-stakes leagues, um, there were 16 drafts yesterday, or from the four, what's today? Today's the 15th? From the fourteenth, yep, we're halfway the, through August. Yeah, from the fourteenth to the fifteenth, there were sixteen drafts. So Damian Pierce, on average, is going ninety eighth in those drafts, and he, he running back thirty seven. So here are the running backs that are going just ahead of Damian Pierce, and you tell me if you take him over them. I know we said some already, but would you take Damian Pierce or James Cook? Pierce. Yeah, it's Pierce. Damian Pierce or Rashad Penny and Ken Walker. Pierce. For now, I still have Penny ahead of Pierce. Kareem Hunt. Ahead of Pierce. Uh, Pierce, as long as there is six plus games, or Pierce, 
with the Watson suspension? Damian Harris, Devin Singletary. Pierce. Those guys. All right, so Jamie's higher on Pierce. Okay. Uh, how about, Dave, give me a winner. A winner from the weekend is, well, we're probably going to talk about Jalen Hurts a little later, right? No, talk about him now. You, you, I was impressed. Yeah. I was impressed. Uh, he didn't miss on a throw. The only throw he made that might have been considered a little bit off is the one that he actually scored a touchdown on. And I'm not going to complain about it. Um, loved his first throw. He left the pocket and threw a really great pass to Quez Watkins, who made a nice catch along the sideline. And that's to me, that's a sign of development. The fact that he was able to keep his eyes downfield, they didn't take off running when the pressure was on, and he made a great throw on the run. Uh, he recognized coverage a couple of times where uh, the Jets dropped back like 7 DBs, and on one of them he checked down to Miles Sanders. I thought Sanders looked okay, uh, better than okay. I thought he looked good. And and on the second one, he hit Quez Watkins on a, on a crosser, and I, I think he's getting it now. And the, the concerns I had about him as a passer are dissipating, and I'm – so I'm not more excited benched. to take him now. There's still two names oh, above him. Oh, can you him stop? He never said he was getting benched. He never said he, did on he never said he was going to get benched. I said, said there was, was the chance. Was this is months ago. I thought there well, was, was a the chance. Start of our show. It was in the middle of August. The start of August. He said I didn't. I. I. Okay. He was Bye. talking about a player. Probably he was taking the under. So there was a what, no. I, he was not. He said my concern with Jalen Hurts was there's a chance he'd get benched. He said that at the beginning of August. Uh, there is a chance it's different that he's going to get benched. And I, you know what? I, I forget it. Let's well, not dwell on that. Well, that chance is now negative a billion. Uh, okay, you know, but here's a, here's a different. It's okay, Here's Jamie, a different question. I don't mind. And I said it. Fine. Here's a different question. I'm not question. saying it now. He's not getting benched now. Not unless he, like, has, his right arm has to fall off. Okay, but but here's the difference. You know, it was it was the Jets. It was the first team Jets, but it was the Jets. I don't care. One he's preseason still, game. He still was recognizing you know coverage. Yeah. Jalen I don't Hurts could have looked did awful. anything crazy. The, the, the best thing about it, six or eight straight passes. Yeah, right. It came out that, throwing. That, that, was, that was what you want to see from trusting your quarterback, knowing that what we saw at the end of last season is not going to be what happens again. They're going to throw a lot more than they did at the end of last year, and that's going to be fantastic because he was great at the beginning of the season. He was the what number one, number two fantasy quarterback for the first six weeks of the season? Uh, no, not quite. Um, I, he was – I'll tell you in a second. I won't, I won't guess. It was up there. He was good. But I, I don't think that's an indication of what their offense is. I think that's an indication of what they wanted to start that preseason game with right, and get Jalen used to doing and see how he does against live defense. And I think he passed that test with flying colors. I don't think that they're I, – I, I'd be surprised if they were 60% pass this year. I think they'll be closer to 55%. That's still good. That, and it's a hell of a lot better than where they were last year, which was 42% starting with that Detroit game at midseason. Jalen Hurts in the first seven games of the year before they started running the ball every play was the number two QB in four-point leagues, number five in six-point. On a per-game basis, he was number three in four-point and number six in six-point per pass in touchdown leagues. Uh, okay, how about... let's? We need to talk about more players here, so let's go a little faster here and just run down some more winners and losers. Uh, uh, go ahead, Jamie. Uh, Naeem Hines for me. Uh, you know, just the fact that no Jonathan Taylor, that he was the guy to start the game, that they didn't just use him in a passing downs role. And so if something were to happen to Taylor, I think they feel pretty comfortable that he could be the lead guy. Eight carries, two catches. It seemed like he touched the ball on every play, played the entire time with the first-team offense. And you know what you're getting when Taylor is healthy, which is two seasons of 63 catches, uh, which I think is going to be over 70. 
uh, with Matt Ryan there, knowing what this receiving core looks like. So Naeem Hines, I, I asked you this question uh, when we were talking yesterday, Adam. I, I, I think, I don't think, I know Pollard has a higher ceiling, but just in comparing the two guys, where Pollard is going in PPR, Naeem Hines should not be far behind. And it's, it's drastically different. So I'm yeah. so more encouraged by what Naeem Hines can do this year after watching that first preseason game, just based on his role. Yeah, well, he got like every touch. I, what I said to you is that I feel like if if Zeke and Taylor stay healthy, Hines is probably going to, has a good chance to outscore uh, Pollard. But if Zeke and Taylor get hurt, I think Pollard would crush Hines. But yeah, know. that's what I'm saying. The ceiling is higher. Yeah. But just again, like you're looking at guys that are in secondary roles and drafting them, one with the hope that the guy struggles in front of him. The other, you're hoping the guy doesn't get hurt and struggle in front of him uh, in Taylor. But Heinz, I think, is going to be uh, one of those guys that just crushes his his draft value, absolutely destroys it. I was in a 14-team draft, one of the Kings Classic drafts. He went in round nine. I'm going to give you some names of running backs that went ahead of him. Jamie, you tell me if you would take Heinz or the running back I'm about to name. Melvin Gordon. Heinz. James Robinson. Hines. Daryl Henderson. Hines. Tyler Algier. Hines. Damian Pierce. Pierce. Okay, so one out of those guys. I'll give you one more. James Cook. Hines. Okay. You're dunking on Hines. Should be a sweet deal for you. <laughs> Should be. Okay. How about uh, Travis? Did you take one of those guys? Other guys? Uh, no. No. Oh, yes. Wait. Yeah, I did. I took Pierce. Round eight. Oh, good. Uh, it was before his preseason game. Travis Etienne, you had as a winner too, Jamie. You liked what you saw from him. I know the, the yeah, numbers absolutely. weren't great, I mean, but you know, just the fact that good. I think what what's going to end up happening is he'll probably end up splitting rushing downs work with James Robinson and should destroy him in passing downs work. And you know, Dave mentioned this. You know, just to see him back on the field was exciting. Just to see the fact that you know they wanted, I think, to get him ramped up a little bit. Nine carries, uh, two catches. I think one catch, two catches. Uh, I think it was eleven total touches. Um, and so while the, the YPC was not great, um, I don't really care. I think he's going to just be explode fun and feel really good still about drafting him round three in PPR. When he ran decisively, he was lightning fast. There were a couple of runs where I think his offensive line did him a disservice and the Browns were crashing and he just, he couldn't go anywhere. He had a run for minus six yards. He had a run for minus one yard. So a couple of those carries just weren't great. But when he did run decisively, man, he was great. He moved well in routes. I'm a little scared about the size factor. And I think that's going to keep me from taking him in round three. Because if you take him in round three, a little worried that you're drafting him too close to his ceiling. But if you can get him in the middle of round four or later in PPR, and I'd say round five and half in non-PPR, oh, man, I think that's great. I, I, I guess where I'm coming at, this is where I'm coming out on him. I wouldn't reach for him. But if I can get him right in that that area that I talked about, I would be a very happy camper. How about uh, how about Trey Lance, Dave? You have him as a winner. Uh, just that that bomb touchdown he threw. It's a little bit more than that. It wasn't a perfect debut. It wasn't a Jalen Hurts like debut for Trey Lance, but he seemed a lot more comfortable, a lot more understanding of what to do when a pass rushes on him. Uh, I think the second snap of the game or maybe his second drop back of the game, the Packers were in his face. He got out of there, gained seven yards. He slid. Talked about that after the game, about how he he's almost never slid in a football game before. I think he said the last time he slid in a game, he was playing baseball, <laughs> not football. So I thought that was encouraging. Uh, loved the throw and the read 
to Danny Gray. He recognized it was man coverage on the outside, held the safety with his eyes before unleashing a perfect ball to Gray. I think that there's room for some upside, and he's really going to put defenses in a pickle once he proves in a in, when he's got the starters out there in a regular season game that he can hit targets 15 plus yards downfield. And he plays the Bears in week one, and that Bears defense looks like it's already toast. Uh, you, you look at their talent on paper, it's young, their pass rush, highly questionable. He, if you want to win week one, get Trey Lance on your fantasy team. Mm. I think he's going to be very, very good in that first game against Chicago. And then he gets Seattle after that. Yeah, I already have to decide in one league that, we, that we've already done our draft for if, uh, if I'm starting Joe Burrow or Trey Lance in week one. <laughs> I hate that I have to make that decision. Lance, easy. Easy. Burrow has the Steelers, I think. Let me double check. He's got the Steelers at home. I'm probably going to start Trey Lance. I uh, think it's going to be more fun. Be, I'm going to drafting be, Trey Lance ahead of Joe Burrow. That's the way you win. Yeah, I would draft him ahead of Joe Burrow at this point now. Um, I well, if Ooh, I, wow. I if I could only have one quarterback on my team, I'd take Burrow. But right. I would I would take Lance first, and then I'd draft a safe quarterback uh, as yeah. a QB. If two. both are there in round nine or round ten, you take Lance first. Uh, okay, um, we have a few more here. Isaiah Pacheco was a winner for Heath. George Pickens was a winner. He's for a winner Heath. for me too. Yeah. It's winner for everybody. It's, Everybody's all over Isaiah Pacheco now. Well, they but use, his stats they weren't use, good yet. He's still a winner. They use doesn't matter. Three, the fact that he played where he played. Well, they used three running backs on the, on their one drive. And, you know, they have McKinnon in there, and they obviously have Clyde. Ronald Jones. That's all you got to worry about. I'm worried about everything. I mean, how can I get any consistent? Look, if anyone's going to be consistently good here, it's going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, right? What's Isaiah Pacheco mm. going to do? Is he going to win the job? Uh, I don't know if he's going to win the job, but he's certainly turning heads and he's certainly getting an opportunity. And, you know, he's, he's he might be faster than Clyde. And, you know, you, you see certain situations. I just think he might be his faster than Clyde. Um, I, I know we train. And so, you know, you're looking at a scenario of what, what his upside could be. And, you know, Andy Reid, I don't think, is afraid to, you know, use the best player on his roster. Um, I did find it interesting uh, some – some people going through some of the the formations that the Chiefs were using and comparing it to what the Chiefs typically look like versus what they have been, um, or what Andy Reid has been, excuse me, and scaling down some of their pre-snap motion and and stuff again. It's only preseason, but right, that, um, yeah, that you could you could see a, a little bit more of a conventional pre-Chiefs Andy Reid offense, and that could really help Clyde, you know, just in terms of how the run blocking goes. Um, but in any event, I just think, you know, if you're not drafting him, certainly where he's going, which is free. Um, but like he's, he's a top 48 running back for me. And I, I think you just, you know, you're taking a lottery ticket with him for sure. And that's, uh, uh just a couple quick questions here to finish up on the, the winners, George Pickens or Chase Claypool and Claypool did not play. Deontay Johnson did not play. Pickens had a nice game. He caught a very nice touchdown. Uh, who would you rather have Pickens or Claypool? Before, before we answer, first. I want to give our, our CBS drafters credit because they've already been taking Pickens over Claypool. Okay. Well, I don't know that they're right, but because it's I like, would. Well, okay, that's fine. But but we could easily be wrong about that. I mean, Claypool could have had a good preseason game as well, uh, sure. but he didn't play. And all right, that's going to do it. Now, listen, if you don't want to take Jamie's fantasy advice, fine. It's your team. You do what you want. 
But you need to take Jamie's fitness advice. This is about your health here, people. You got to listen to Jamie. Jamie, Peloton is awesome. You can convince me. You can convince everybody else. People need to go to onepeloton.com, onepeloton.com, and try the Peloton bike or tread risk-free for 30 days. And Jamie's going to tell you why. So first off, my wife is mad at us because she's, uh, I think, knocking at the door. She's ready to do her, her ride for the day. <laughs> um, I'll probably get one in later today. Uh, as I've said a few times, the bike is right over there and, uh, it's just a lot of fun, you know, just an easy way to, uh, to get a good workout in, in your home. Uh, there are certainly a variety of ways to do so. Uh, the, it's not just a bike. Uh, we use the, the, the band workouts. My wife does yoga. We use the meditation app to we're using meditation classes through the app to help put our kids to sleep at night. Um, it's just, it's just an easy way, especially to, uh, uh, 20 minutes here, half hour there. You could get, you know, great workouts in. Um, the music is fantastic. The classes are awesome. Um, the instructors are fantastic. You know, I, <laughs> I keep saying it time and time again, you know, we, we have a, a desk for our bike. So I work when I'm riding, uh, makes it really easy to get a workout in while you're doing your work, especially during fantasy season. You know, if you do a lot of drafts, like I do, I do my drafts when we're not on air, uh, while I'm riding the bike. So I love Peloton. It's, uh, been one of the greatest investments we've ever made. And, um, you know, I highly recommend it. Yeah, and I think the, the key there is it's you're able to fit it into your schedule. It just uh, it's really really convenient for you. Motivation that moves you anytime, anywhere. Try the Peloton bike or tread risk free for 30 days. Learn more at onepeloton.com. New members only. Terms apply. Do have a lot to get to here, guys. Uh, we probably need to spend more time on Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, those types of players. So stop talking about Gibson. Start talking about Robinson. All right. Well. No, uh, we got to talk about Gibson here. He gets drafted first. When you're talking about Gibson, you got to talk about Robinson with him now, and that's the first sign that there's there's uh, something brewing in DC. Okay, so then let me ask you this: Would you rather draft Brian Robinson or Isaiah Pacheco? Yes. No, Isaiah Isaiah Pacheco or Brian Robinson? Robinson. I still have Pacheco. Naeem Hines or Brian Robinson? Hines. You might be able to talk me into Robinson and non PPR, but it full PPR it's Heinz. Half PPR? Heinz. Okay. How about Robin just to make Jamie <laughs> Robinson or Gibson? You can't. Uh I'll still take Gibson <laughs> if he's falling to the right spot. But at their current prices, no chance. What's the right spot? For Gibson, round seven. Round yeah, seven, round higher. twelve team but league, not by a lot. So AJ Dillon is clearly ahead of Gibson now. Oh, yes. by far. Even Josh Jacobs Josh is ahead. Jacobs of him. is ahead of him. And you know Why how much I'm nervous him. about Cam, Cam Akers. I'm real close to putting Cam Akers ahead of him. Well, that's crazy. I would have Cam Akers ahead of him. I, I know you Cam. would, but I'm. Um, I'm going to be I'm, the last I'm one. I'm at the Cam point where I'm taking Damian like. Pierce ahead of Gibson. Yeah. What a backfield here. This is exactly what you don't want. And this is actually kind of what I fear for in the Chiefs' backfield, too. You've got a third down back. Well, the Chiefs are good. Yeah, but but Washington could have a good run game, too. I mean, Gibson was a top 12 back per game last year, I believe, or, or he's top 12 overall. Uh, yeah, but, you know, if you have two guys splitting the rushing work and then McKissick on third down, that stinks. And that could, I honestly, I don't think this is going to happen, but. It could happen with the Chiefs, with Clyde and Pacheco splitting rushing work and McKinnon, McKinnon on third down. I don't know why people aren't really talking about that, but... It could. It, like, how could Pacheco be a riser and 
CEH not a loser, I guess, is my question. Pacheco is a riser from the standpoint of he's the second guy now. So he's the second and Clyde guy. Clyde's had a hard time staying healthy. But okay, but but you don't think he'll have a significant role if Clyde does stay healthy? I don't know if I would use the word significant. He's going to have a role. I don't think it's going to be Clyde dominating touches. I don't think they want to use him that way. I don't know if he's built that way. And certainly we've seen the injuries become a problem. But at the same time, before he gets hurt, we always have that stretch of games where they do give him that those opportunities. And he looks somewhat decent at times. Right. And so, you know, is this going to be the year? They have an unbelievable offensive line. I don't think we talk about it enough. Obviously, the quarterback is great. I don't care that, that Tyreek Hill is gone. The weapons as a whole are going to be fine. And so they're clearly going to score a lot of points. Will they still be as creative in the red zone? Well, they were on the touchdown that Mahomes threw. You know, it was still uh, a tight end slip screen, even though it wasn't Kelsey. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about. I'm not drafting Clyde with the oper- with the intention of where he was being drafted his first two years in the league. We way overdrafted him. It was just a huge mistake. And so, you know what you're getting now. You're getting a guy that is easy, is easily has the potential to be easily replaced by his team because they've shown you that has had a hard time staying healthy. And now they're, they brought in a guy who's, who's clearly not grasped whatever they're trying to do in Ronald Jones, but they have other options. Derek Gore is somebody I wouldn't completely forget about because he's another guy that they've liked at times. But I think you still look at Pacheco and what he's done and everything you're hearing, and then you watch it happen, and then you see McKinnon and what he did for them at the end of last season. It's going to be a committee, but when you start to compare the Chiefs' backfield and their lead guy to the Washington backfield and their lead guy, Give me the Chiefs guy. I don't care. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's fine. I just so let me ask you this: If Week One were were Sunday, and these two teams lined up, Washington and Kansas City, who do you think Clyde edwards elaire has a bigger share of the workload than Antonio Gibson? After what I just saw, and not only the fumble, but Ron Rivera saying he's stuttering too much, he's stutter stepping too much. Yeah. Okay. And, I have a little bit of a different view. Okay, go ahead. I also think there's a there's a much likely chance, much much more likely chance, Clyde is playing on passing downs, where Gibson is not. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. All right, Dave, what's your viewpoint there? I, I think Rivera was clearly ticked off at Gibson with the fumble, and then kind of sending a message by having him play with the second team. I don't know if he's written him off yet, though, and it wouldn't surprise me if Gibson had opportunities in both their second and third preseason games, along with in practice, of course, to try and prove that he can hold on to the football, that he is the best back in Washington. And then Rivera might be pleased with what he sees, and he goes into the season with Gibson as the main running downs back. I agree, though, on the passing downs part. And I know that Gibson will get catches on first and second downs. We saw that last year. Although it's a different quarterback now, and I'm not sure if that means that Gibson's going to have the same type of volume of first and second down targets. But if, if he cleans it up, he can still matter in fantasy. He'd be a low-end number two fantasy running back. That's how I have him ranked right now. If he doesn't clean it up, then it'll be an absolute disaster. So it's something that I think we just need to monitor. I think you draft him closer to the disaster mindset rather than the, oh, he'll be fine because it's been a couple of seasons and he hasn't cleaned up the fumbles, obviously. Um, and with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I think we we know what the positives are and we know what the negatives are. And I think the ADP is 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 mostly right. But I am I am excited about trying to swipe Pacheco after round ten. I don't know how many more days there are where I'll be able to do that because I think that he's got some talent and I think people are just talking about him too much. But 
for now, I'm I'm excited about getting him at that value. If he ends up mattering in the early part of the season, I've got this year's Elijah Mitchell. If he doesn't, I cut him, find somebody else. No risk involved, tons of reward. And you get that with Robinson, too. I'm just not ready to say that Robinson's quite in that boat. Okay. Anybody worried about DeAndre Swift after he did have a nine-yard touchdown run, and it was a gorgeous one to yes. finish off the no, first drive? not even a little. Well, look. No. From the from the standpoint that he's a top eighteen pick, he's not a workhorse. Not even close to a workhorse. So you need the catches. In the first seven games of last season, both Williams and Swift were healthy. Williams had seventy one carries, and Swift had seventy eight catches. Uh, seventy eight carries. Swift had forty two catches, and Williams had sixteen. And eight of the sixteen for Williams came in week one. So basically, Swift was the only running back catching passes after week one. Uh, on any type of consistent basis, but they had basically the same amount of carries. So uh, I guess I guess the negative argument for Swift is if he's splitting carries fairly evenly, if he might not be the short yardage back, as Dave, you alluded to last week based on a Dan Campbell quote, and mm-hmm. if no more Anthony Lynn, Amonra St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson on the field at the same time, eventually Jameson Williams, if the catches go down, do you really have a stud running back there? That's the concern. No, if the catches go down, you don't have a stud running back, but I don't think the catches are going down. Okay. If there's one thing that I was reminded of in that game, it's that Jared Goff is not a deep ball passer and he loves to keep it short. And that reminder um, renewed my interest in a Munroth St. Brown. I'm not taking him where a lot of people in the industry are taking him. I think he was a late round four pick in our 14 team PPR draft on Saturday. That's crazy to me, but I think he's still going to be an effective, maybe close to a borderline number two, number three fantasy receiver with upside to be better than that. He's clearly talented, uh, man, the slot the whole time in the preseason game, almost the whole time. I think he had one play where he was outside, um, but he he looked good and Goff's going to love throwing to him short, but he also loves throwing to Swift short. And you reference those first seven games, Adam, Swift averaged 18.7 PPR points per game over that span. Yeah. And it was basically double what Jamal Williams had in that exact same span, the first seven games of the year for the Lions. I think the Lions know what DeAndre Swift does well. I think they're going to use him that way. That should mean a lot of targets and a lot of catches. And I was actually encouraged that he had the snap inside the 10 and that he did very well with yeah. it. Yeah. He's, a, he's a talented 10, player, though. man. He's, he's a good running back. You, yeah. you worry about health. You worry about Jamal Williams a little bit, but I still think he's worth that second-round pick. Right. Inside the 10 is one thing. What's going to be when they're inside the three? And yeah, he second could round, lose some of those. Second but round, I don't think he'll lose all of them. All right, all you, right. you brought this up though. Aaron Jones, by comparison, workload, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. No, I was saying to Jamie yesterday. I was, if I'm worried about DeAndre Swift, and I'm mildly, very mildly. Uh, why wouldn't I be what worried about it? From what What's did that? we see from Kamara at the end of the season with Mark Ingram? Yeah, why wouldn't I be worried about Aaron Jones? Because I basically think you can. They're the same exact situation except A.J. Dillon is so much better than uh, Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams is one of the most average running backs. I mean, I I hate to always bring up explosive plays, but the guy just makes none of them. He has five carries in his entire career on 653 carries. Five of them have gone for 20 or more yards. One carry longer than 25 yards on 653 carries. 653 carries. That is pathetic. I can't even get the words out. It's so bad. Uh, I but the, I just the, trust I just trust Aaron Jones more than I trust DeAndre Swift. No, I, I'm I'm with you. I like Jones better than Swift. Also, you know, I, I think the thing I'll, you have to just take into account, and you know, Dave alluded to this is if you trust he's going to be 
in the passing game, then he should be a top 18 pick based on where he's going. If you are worried about his role in the passing game, then you should avoid it because he's not going to win you leagues based on just his rushing alone. You are drafting him to be an airback, a do-it-all guy, a guy that's going to be north of 50 catches. If he does that, he's going to be perfectly fine as an early second-round pick. If he doesn't, you're going to be screwed. What about in a half PPR league? When would you draft DeAndre Swift? Same. Top, to me, it's top 15. Top 20. Okay. More losers for you guys. Uh, Ken Walker, Dave. My eyes were on him the whole time, um, even when he was blocking, even when he was on the sideline. And I thought that he just didn't have – it was kind of like what I said about Brees Hall. He didn't have a lot of opportunities to flash what he did at, at Michigan State. He also looked a little tentative to me, which I think is to be expected. It's literally his first taste of playing in the NFL, and it's against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it wasn't the starters, but this is a Steelers team that trains really hard at stopping the run. They have full padded tackling practices against each other. They're a tough squad. Um, and I thought the offensive line was pretty uneven. There were times where they were getting a real good push, and Walker's you know, tentativeness slowed him down. And there were other times where the offensive line did him absolutely no favors and he was buried in the backfield. We'll see what develops there. But they they need a quarterback, man. They need somebody who can accurately throw past 10 yards downfield and can maneuver behind that offensive line. Geno Smith is a caretaker. Drew Locke isn't accurate on a consistent basis. It's going to be a nightmare offense. When Jamie said that he was out on the Seattle offense, I think a lot of people feel that way. Just remember that they could make a move. There are quarterbacks out there that they might be able to get and help that offense be better. But even if they do do that, I don't know if that makes Ken Walker a great fantasy pick. Certainly for the early part of the year, Penny will be healthy. They'll split. And then once Penny inevitably breaks down, Walker will be the main guy. But he might just he might need huge volume in order to come through. And Adam, you referenced Travis Homer. Homer looked great in that passing downs role. We'll see on him. I think he's a round nine pick. I think he's someone you take and no, not you just Homer. commit to him all Walker, year. Walker is a nine round nine pick. What'd I say? I, it sounded like you meant Travis Homer is a round nine pick. Oh, okay, Walker's, yeah, I meant Walker. Travis Homer yeah. is not worth drafting yet. Yeah. Uh, all right. You know, it's weird. Walker Walker ran a four three eight forty. I just wish we had seen it. Like, if you watched Travis Etienne and then watched Ken Walker, one of them looks like he's shot out of a cannon. And Walker, I guess, is just maybe just a little bit more patient. Uh, but I wish we had seen. Nah, but he was more of that he was patient to a fault. Yeah, that's all right. Well, it's his first first game. We'll give okay, him a little bit of a pass. The only thing why. I'm just hesitant to say he's a loser is because he got such a bonus before before he even stepped on the field that yeah. Penny's already hurt again. Right. Like, I, how can you trust Penny at this point at all? Uh, Mike Kosicki played, which is weird, he, he, because almost no starters played for the Dolphins. Now, Mike McDaniel said mm. tight end is a very difficult position in that offense, so he wanted Kosicki to get some reps. Jamie, is Kosicki a top 15 tight end for you? No. Okay. I think that'll pretty much do it for the losers. We'll, we'll go through some more. Noah Fant was the same as Kasicki, by the way. He played right, he a ton. Played. And he this was like the only not. guy that you would consider an interesting part of the Seattle passing game. Metcalf didn't Will, play. Lockett Will didn't did not play. play. Hmm? Will Disley did not play. Will Disley did not play. Yes, that's true, too. Right. Okay. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll do some fill in the blank. We'll talk about Zach and Wilson. Did not like that. No fan did not get his feet in bounds on, on the one catch. Uh, we still have some uh, Zach Wilson questions or updates. Tom Brady. We're talking about Tom Brady right now. Uh, and 
I think we'll hopefully touch on the Falcons' backfield and the Cardinals' yes. backfield. Was not really a great game for Eno Benjamin. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. Recapping preseason week one. Real quick, fill in the blank. Ready? Najee Harris's handcuff is blank. I still think it'll be Snell, but McFarlane looked good in a preseason game against mostly backups on the Seattle Seahawks. Snell. Blank will be the starting quarterback for the Seahawks, and it blank make a difference for fantasy purposes. Geno Smith and... (laughs) (laughs) It will or it will not make a difference. It'll make a big difference that they're not going to be good. (laughs) No, I mean between him and, and Drew Locke. No, it will not make a difference. Okay. I'll still be optimistic and say Garoppolo will somehow, some way find his way to Seattle, and it will make a difference for fantasy purposes. I like my steak cooked blank. What, ki- what type of steak? Your favorite. I had a bone-in ribeye with extra char rare last week, and it was rare. phenomenal. Oh, I had rare meat one time. It was at Benihana, and I was disgusted. Not by Benihana, by rare meat. I'll never, that's no, no. Did you, you send it back there? Or did you, you actually? Oh, no, no, no. That thing got sucked up in about two minutes. Dave's a food sender backer? One time. I did it one time. It's, it's a story for, we can, we can talk about it on the next YouTube intro. Okay. But I did something one time. I didn't send it back either. I need to see I need to see more from Blank this preseason before I feel good about drafting him. Oh my gosh, I could give you a dozen names. Gibson for one. Um I don't think I've seen enough from him. 
still haven't heard enough about Cam Akers that makes me want to put him into my round. You're not going to see much from him this preseason. I love the no, Rams. No, no, no. I'm, I'm thinking just more like overall. God bless the Rams. That is like one team where I just do not have to watch crappy preseason football for because they will never play their starters. I, I give them credit, man, especially after seeing Zach Wilson get hurt. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, let them prove them. Let them get jobs. Your starters are your starters. You know what you're getting. I need to see more from blank this preseason before I feel good about drafting him. Um, I have one. If, good. if you want me to go, Dobbins. Chase Edmonds, Chase Edmonds. Okay. I'm going to say Cordero Patterson. He was not used at all. Really? He was Played on the one field. Snap. Yeah. What, what was up with that? I, I asked after the game, um, Arthur Smith said something about there were just situations that didn't call for him to play. There was no injury. Didn't see him. I saw him after the game walking around. He seemed fine. Same with Drake London, by the way. Um, I don't know. I just think it was just kind of a random thing. Okay. Uh, if I have Elijah Moore on my team, I want blank to be the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of Jimmy G speculation after Zach Wilson got hurt. Right. But since Wilson will be back, I think they're out of the Garoppolo race now. Well, uh, depending on what they see when they open them up. Right. So. Yeah. You I mean, I'd be, be surprised if they open up and they, and they go, oops, ACL's torn. I mean, that'll that'll get them Garoppolo in an instant. Um, Mike White. You're going to think I'm sick for this one. Joe Flacco. I'll say Zach Wilson. At least he has the hope. Boy, he was bad, bad by the way. <laughs> Barely played, but did not play well. Uh, and here are your news and notes. Zach Wilson's going to have knee surgery. He could right now. They're saying two to four weeks, but like Jamie said, they won't really know the extent of the damage until uh, very soon when they examine the knee. They open the season with Baltimore, then they're at Cleveland. Is that right? That doesn't seem right to me. I feel like I got the wrong schedule there. Um, who's who's their week one opponent for the Jets, Dave? The Jets in week one. Ravens. Give me four seconds. Is it the Ravens? The Ravens, Ravens at home. Give me their first. They've four. got the. Give me their first four games. Go Flacco, baby. Let's go. Listen to this. They're in the AFC, AFC North AFC for the North. first four weeks That's of the season. I looked at it. I said, how could this be right? Their first four games are against the AFC North. How strange is that? They have uh, a brutal schedule. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's tough. All right, so Wilson averaged 31 pass attempts per game and 190 passing yards per game, if you exclude the game he left early with a knee, with an injury, knee injury. In the five games that he either left or, or missed... Jets quarterbacks threw 43 times per game compared to 31 in the Wilson games. And they threw for 335 yards per game compared to 100, 190, 190 yards per game for Wilson, 335 yards per game in the five games that he didn't play or left early. Do you uh, have the splits with what the running backs got? No, I know. But Mike White was the check down king. Uh, okay, other news. Joe Burrow finally practiced. So that's good. He has the appendectomy. Tom Brady is away from the team. For personal reasons, does this concern you guys at all? No, not yet. No, uh, Tampa Bay Times had a story about how this was really truly by design. It's not something serious going on in his personal life. Not something serious regarding his health. Okay. Um, all right. I, I I I think there were people. I got a lot of bucks in the draft that we did this past weekend, and I think a lot of people are scared off by it. Brady went for four dollars to me in our salary cap draft and it's a $200 budget. So, wow. Nice I th- yeah. I think people are just really, really scared about what's going on, but I think Brady is very aware of his legacy. And if he were to quit on football during training camp, 
after he unretired, I think I think that would be pretty embarrassing for him. I don't unless think there is something. Hmm? Unless there actually is something. I think it would have come out. Yeah, sometimes you just don't know. The only thing that I could think of that, and I really hope this isn't the case, is that there's something wrong with one of his parents because his parents. Oh, have why had are some we even speculating on? Let's not even speculate. No, that, it. it's just total random. I hope that's not it. No, of but course, maybe not. that's what it is because that's something that would not get out. Well, I hope. Obviously, hope everything's okay. Yes, of course. I think he'll be ready to go for week one. Devontae Smith returned to practice. Drake London left with a knee injury, but it doesn't seem serious. Darren Waller has a hamstring injury. Zach Ertz has a calf injury. Jonathan Taylor could see fewer touches, Jamie. They talked about wanting to be more balanced. And this was Frank Reich talking about this. said, ground and pound teams don't win the Super Bowl. And didn't bother. that didn't really change anything for me in terms of Jonathan Taylor. But it did make me feel better about Michael Pittman. I, I don't think there's anything that can make you feel better about Michael Pittman or else he'll be their second overall pick. But but that was... I moved him up. You, you moved him up? Yeah. <laughs> to where? Where is he now? Uh, I believe he is seventh, and I moved DJ Moore to eight. Seventh. It's bold. Holy cow, seventh. So that's ahead of like Tyreek Hill, which I think I already knew, and Debo Sam. Did you put him ahead of Debo? He's always been ahead of Debo for me. Okay. Seven, that, so he's a second-round pick for you? He's always been a second-round pick for me. Yeah, he's a second-round no, pick for me, he too, has a bit, but always been it's a second closer round. to the end. When you say always, how long has Michael Pittman been? Well, I mean, the, the the majority of our draft process, he's been a second-round pick for me. He's I been thought, 23 for like over a month. Yeah. You've loved no. him for a long time. Oh, I thought it was more like 27. I'm sorry. No. I guess I'm confusing him with his NFC ADP. Okay. Let's see. Elijah- 27 is Michael Thomas. Come on. We established that. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell expected to miss the preseason with a hamstring injury, but ready, expected to be ready for week one. Amir Abdullah is expected to play the James White well, we should, role. We should spend a second on that one there because I agree. Yes, the the backup running back in San Francisco is certainly going to be intriguing, and the fact that they rested Jeff Wilson also is a little telling. I think they want to get a look at Trey Sermon because they want to see what they still have there, and they That's want to get a look at Tyrion Davis Price. But it's hard to overlook Sermon Wilson, maybe both over TDP at least right now. Um, almost similar to like what Dave was saying about Ken Walker, but on a much smaller scale. If you draft Tyrion Davis-Price, you have to be patient because he may only have a small role. I think they'll use him if everybody's healthy. But it'll be really interesting to see what they do with him if Mitchell misses time during the season. And I'm nervous about Mitchell because he had five different injuries last year and he's already hurt himself this year. Uh, I pulled him down in my rankings. Yeah, I was I was already out on him based on cost. Yeah. Um, what do you know what his ADP is now? On our site, it's he's the twenty second running back off the board. Now we've our ADP is a combination of all of our formats. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say PPR versus non. Um, but he's going in round five. And yeah. Oh, for man. me, it's like Too him soon. and Mitchell. Anybody else can have them. He's already passed over the Cam Akers line for me. What about round six for him? That's where I'm seeing fantasy pros, Elijah Mitchell, nope. round six. Nope. I've got him 72nd overall in full PPR. So if it's the last pick in round six, right around there, okay. Would but you rather have Antonio it. Gibson or Elijah Mitchell? Gibson. Gibson for now. Well, that's but I'd rather let somebody else take those two headaches. All right. 
How about uh, Amir Abdullah expected to play the James White role in the Raiders offense, according to Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer? And he, you know, when you get, sorry, just real quick on that. When you get to your late round picks in PPR, and again, throwaway guys that just may not matter, but Ty Montgomery, Amir Abdullah, I think McKissick's a little bit ahead of them, but he's, you know, we did our pick by pick. I don't know if we just forgot about him, but I took him in our 15th round of, of our pick by pick. I was surprised that he was still there. That's PPR. So, you know, even we weren't thinking about him. Um, these, these are the type of guys that they're not going to be league winners. But if they find the end zone more than we expect, think James White that one year. Darren Sproles, what, you know, a couple of years that he does that. It's not going to be consistent. Naeem Hines two years ago when he had six touchdowns. These are guys that if they're catching 60-plus passes in PPR, especially, you know, zero RB or hero RB, depending on how your build goes, and that second running back is just not working out for you, these guys are going to be players you can trust. Yeah. Yeah. Took Abdullah with my last pick in the draft <laughs> on Saturday. Nice. 16th round, 14 teams. Uh, say Green Bay activated Christian Watson, offensive lineman Elton Jenkins, and tight end Robert Tunyon from the pup list. And Tunyon actually had some pretty good numbers in the few games that he played without Devontae Adams. Buffalo may have the best punter in the NFL. In rookie Matt Ariza, he had an 82-yard punt on Saturday. He has an enormous leg. Now, I don't know if he physically has an enormous leg, but in the in the you know figurative sense, he does. Cleveland center Nick Harris is likely out for the season with a knee injury. It's a tough blow. And Baltimore has now won 21 consecutive preseason games. The Ravens win every preseason game. It is a record. It is insane. Okay, let's talk uh, some more. I'm going to give you some real quick observations, and you just give me answers, uh, or questions rather, and answers. Jamal Williams, is he a top 100 pick for you? Jamal Williams? No. Okay. Top 100? Like like a hundredth. That's round nine, dude. No way. Well, he's a, I don't I wouldn't either because he stinks, but he is pretty involved. You're not gonna find a lot of running backs in that range that have a solidified role. He's involved. Yeah, what's the upside? The upside he's, is DeAndre Swift yardage. gets hurt, and then he's got a chance to get you, you know, I think 15 PPR points could be but, so not, he's had he's had his moments before. Justify justify taking Isaiah Pacheco over Jamal Williams. You've got a running back who could end up leading the Chiefs backfield sooner and without injury compared to one in Detroit who isn't explosive and definitely needs an injury to be very involved in that offense. You think Pacheco could just take the job from CEH? I think it I don't think it's gonna happen week one. But if CEH plays like CEH has played over the past two years, I don't think that that's a reach. Okay. How Pacheco about, looked pretty good. How he about was very, very quick. Uh, Jamie, are you worried you're too high on Travis Etienne considering that we have not seen James Robinson yet? No. Okay. Uh, how about Deshaun Watson's horrible outing? One of five for seven yards. Oh, man, he, I don't, he looked like he didn't want to play football. <laughs> Which I don't blame him for. Preseason game, uncertain future. I get it, but n- not good. Not good. He went undrafted in both 14-team drafts on Saturday. How can anybody draft him? Exactly. Well, there might be people out there that are like, oh, it's late. I'll take him. I wouldn't. Michael Carter started. Brees Hall played. They both played a lot with the starters. Is that what you expect week one? Yes. Early, yes. And then let the best man win, Brees Hall? Hopefully. Yes. I hope so. That's why you're taking him with a top 40 pick. 
Kenneth Gainwell did not play for the Eagles, but Miles Sanders, you know, had a nice game and he caught two passes. Well, Gainwell's hurt. Yeah, Gainwell's hurt. That's yeah, why. I know. returned to practice on Sunday, and actually, uh, Sanders was not practicing. They said leg soreness. Mm. Uh, probably not a lot to take away from there. How about, you know, Benjamin? You know, I was watching that game and just thinking, who is this guy really going to take James Conner off the field? Yeah. Uh, is Daryl Williams there. going to? Well, are we too low on James Conner? I think right now James Conner, based on early CBS ADP, I think he's a second-round pick. I've, I have not seen him as a second-round pick much. I'll double-check on that. But what's, what's your take, Dave, on the Cardinals' backfield right now? I'm nervous that they're going to be one of the teams that gets in on a, an unavailable running back via trade, and they might pick another one up off the scrap heap if they don't make a trade for another running back. But Kingsbury talked about it in an interview. I, I can't remember where it was, but they, they've got a competition for that spot behind it was Connor. Josina on our side. I think it was Josina. Um, it, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think anybody's stepped up yet, and they might just say, okay, clear this deck. We're not going to get anything out of Daryl Williams or Eno Benjamin or Keonta Ingram. Ingram will make the team because he was a draft pick. But, I mean, imagine if they trade for Kareem Hunt or Damian Harris or they pick up Ronald Jones after the Chiefs cut him. Well, what if they don't? I mean, are we missing? Well, Daryl Williams didn't play, right? He did not what? play. He, didn't play. he did not play. So, Is... I mean, that could be a good sign. Yep, maybe. Well, what does it mean for James Conner, I guess? Because when, when James Conner was, was involved in the passing game, when Chase Edmonds missed time, James Conner was... Only worse than Jonathan Taylor. He was that good. He was the second best yes, running back in fantasy. So I think you have to know what you're getting with James Conner. That every time we have expectations for him, unfortunately, he deals with injuries. And so if he stays healthy, I don't think it's going to be a performance thing for him unless he just completely falls off. But he looked good when he got those opportunities last season. He certainly looked good in the in the 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 workload scenario that he had in the beginning part of the season. They definitely want to find somebody else there as a supplement because I don't think they re- I think they realize that James Conner is not going to be a guy there that can hold up with that type of work over 17 games. But I don't think he's coming off the field for anybody they have on their team. Dave's right. If they make a trade for certainly Cream Hunt or I don't know if Damian Harris is that type of guy. I don't know if he fits that offense, but um, like you could see them maybe seventh round pick for Miles Gaskin. You know that would be something that probably smart for their team. Um, somebody like that, and then it's. Just an upgrade over Darrell Williams, potentially. What did you guys think of Justin Fields? That offensive line is a disaster. It wasn't the full starting line, or at least on paper what the starting line would be. Uh, I think he was bailed out on a couple of throws. His two long throws. Yeah. Basically, all of his I think Mooney made an awesome catch. And I don't think it was a bad throw. I don't want to say that he made two bad throws, but they were just a little bit off. And Mooney and Tajay. Mm-hmm. Was the other one? Tajay Sharp made a really great sideline catch on the other one. Uh, I, 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 I'm not disinterested in Justin Fields. I think you, you know what he is. Prospective QB. He's got great upside. You know he'll run. And the offensive line's a problem. The lack of quality receivers is a problem. But I, I think he can still find a way to get some good numbers some weeks. But it's it's going to be a tough year for Chicago. And no, no Komet, no. Montgomery too, so take that into consideration also. Yep. Uh, looking at the Carolina-Washington game, it's pretty clear Baker Mayfield is ahead of Sam Darnold. Uh, Curtis Shocker. Samuel, it was good to see Curtis Samuel out there. He was he started as part of a three-wide receiver set for Washington. Obviously, everybody talking about Antonio Gibson in that game. 
for let's see if there's anything else. A lot of bat now, really. I mean, the later games was just mostly backups. Uh, Josh Kelly started for the Chargers. Do we have any feel for who's behind Austin Eckler at this point? All the reports are Kelly has looked the best, but I think it'll still be a committee. Like, if you're looking at, you know, just the rookies, I think you're silly if you're not taking Brian Robinson and Isaiah Pacheco over Isaiah Spiller and Rashad White at this point. All right, guys. Thank you. Good good preseason week one recap. Football's fun. We have sleepers, breakouts, and busts this week. We have a live mock draft on Friday with our listeners. And we have a YouTube-exclusive live mock draft Tuesday night. We don't know if it's going to be PPR or IDP. We're figuring that out. But you will see it here at youtube.com slash fantasy football today, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern for our live mock. Thanks to Dave. Thanks to Jamie. Thanks to Shady T. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on FFT. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.